Hi everyone and welcome to Marketplace Jungle where we like to explore the world of marketplaces beyond Amazon. Conox is a 100 million euro a year plus business which operates across seven European countries, primarily Germany. And in the last few years, most online retailers with that level of turnover have explored the possibility of opening their doors to third party retailers by becoming a marketplace. So what makes Conox special? Well. Furniture is notoriously hard to sell online. The logistics, the marketing and the price point are all factors which have kept furniture sellers from expanding via marketplaces until now. Tobias Rubig helped build both the Otto and About You marketplaces before pivoting to HeyConnect, a full service agency which is part of the Figa group. He's now combining this marketplace service and logistics expertise to help Connox do for the furniture industry what Zalando did for the fashion industry. In this episode, expect to learn what the furniture industry can learn from the fashion industry and how Tobias is planning to revolutionize the way we buy furniture online, why Connox sees itself not only as a marketplace, but also as a solution provider, how furniture and home and garden sellers can overcome the logistical issues of selling bulky goods online, and what challenges big brands face when transitioning from a traditional B2B model to a D2C model, and how Connox plans to help with these. Tobias is an OG in the marketplace space here in Germany. He's helped some of Germany's biggest fashion brands start selling on marketplaces, whether Otto, About You, or in his more recent years, HeyConnect across all of the other marketplaces specialized in fashion. So it's really interesting to see his perspective on the furniture industry, a new space for him as well as for me, and how he expects this area to grow. I hope you enjoy this episode. Whether or not you're selling in the furniture space, I'm sure there's something in it for you. Tobias, thank you so much for joining on Marketplace Jungle, where we like to talk about the world of marketplaces beyond Amazon. Before we start talking about your current journey at Connox, I'd love to hear the story of you as a marketplace OG. You've been around in this space for a long time. You've worked at marketplaces. You've worked with marketplaces. You've helped some of Germany's biggest brands start selling on marketplaces. Tell me about how you got into this journey and What's brought you to us today? Hi, Jesse. Love it to be here. Thanks for the invitation. I started my marketplace journey in 2010, actually, at Otto. I got there and when I started, it was still this little plant. Only a couple of people within the whole Otto group did marketplace business. Only a minor share of the revenues was marketplace and I worked there for about three years. I learned everything from scratch pretty much. And I did acquisitions, I did integrations. Um, since we were only like 10 people, I had the option to look in all the areas of the whole marketplace business. And after those three years, I heard that About You plans to launch and to build a marketplace from scratch. So I got a meeting with Hannes and from About You and said to him, I'd build their marketplace. So I got the job after an ice cream, pretty much. Yeah, wild times, long time ago, I joined our, I was among the first 30 people of About You. Really nice time in my life seeing About You grow, building the whole marketplace business of About You from scratch, leading the division. And after about five years, I left About You to do some service work within the marketplace space. So I went to several service providers to do marketplace business for brands, offering stuff like integrations, 
operations, warehousing, and so on and so on. In different areas, I sold shoes all over Europe with Surfer Shoes. And uh, before I went to Connox, I'm currently working at Connox. I was hired by or approached by Fige, and they wanted to invest into HeyConnect. HeyConnect is a marketplace service provider also. And they said they want to invest. And I saw a huge potential of, of this cooperation of fulfillment services, warehousing and marketplace services. So you have pretty much unlimited space in warehouses with Figure. And this gives HeyConnect a lot of potential to grow businesses, also to accept huge customers. I accepted their offer and worked there for more than three years grew the business, had a wild ride over the years. And when Connox approached me last summer, and they told me they want to do two things. They want to build a marketplace and they want to become the spot for furniture, accessories, home and living, higher price points. So we are premium not luxury, but premium uh, doing furniture and accessories now. So premium accessories, premium furniture, and um, really, really tempting for me. Always wanted to build another marketplace. Always wanted to build services around this and become a platform for for the whole space, for the whole industry. And those I, I started beginning of February this year. So one and a half months ago. So I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit, and I don't know if this is because I didn't grow up in Germany and every now and then there'll be like a household name that will slip by me and I've not noticed it. I also don't buy that much furniture. Is Connox a new brand or has it been around for a while? It's already around for uh, more than 15 years, actually. Okay. Uh, built in Hanover and we are still located in Hanover. Our warehouse is close to Hanover. Uh, and yeah, we have some funding now and we are actually doing more than a hundred million. So, um, we're, so we're not really small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll take the hit then. I'd missed, I missed those guys growing. So it's exciting to hear that it's turning into another marketplace because obviously there are some furniture marketplaces on the market in Germany with you've got home 24 recently opened as a marketplace Wayfair's the big name of course although it's I, I still debate whether or not that's a real marketplace because it's more of a they operate more of a drop shipping model I think where do you see the space developing because obviously fashion as an industry is something which is extremely well established on marketplaces most fashion brands are now selling on marketplaces or they're available through their retailer network on marketplaces but e-commerce being what it is there's no end of hurdles unless it's flat pack furniture how do you you know the logistics side of it which is obviously an area of your expertise as well from your time at the figo group how do you see this coming together where to to make furniture sellable on online yeah selling furniture it sometimes is a pain to be honest because looking at delivery costs looking at handling costs it's a nightmare. If you want to ship something like a table, a huge table, uh, carrier doesn't cost you like 350, but rather 80 euros. And handling, it not only takes you like a minute to pick the item and pack it, but it takes you like 10 minutes. And therefore, costs for shipping are totally different. 
the margins are smaller in the furniture and accessories business than with the fashion business. But, and that's really, really sweet. I, I love it. Uh, return rates are much lower. Uh, I mean, with the fashion industry, return rates are the biggest pain ever. And um, for accessories, for for furniture, it's a lot uh, smaller, the return rate. And that's something that really helps the industry at the moment. I hope it stays that way. And the customer really keep their, their items because otherwise we'll have some trouble in the future. I guess uh, if it takes 10 minutes for a professional warehouse team to pack a table, it probably takes a consumer of a table even longer to carry it to the post office. So if they're not 100% happy with it, that's probably a big objection for them. It's probably a big, or a big hurdle for them to overcome is, ah, oh, you know what, it's, I don't love it, but I'll keep it now because I can't be bothered to carry it to the post office. <laughs> so, yeah, the good thing is uh, it doesn't have to fit your body. Exactly. <laughs> So, so talking about the fashion space, you came from Hey Connect, which from my understanding is an agency which enables fashion brands to start selling on marketplaces. But is it, is it an agency or is it a, do they also offer like seller of record services? Yeah, they do. It's not only an agency. Actually, for most of the customers, they do the merchant of record. Okay, that's interesting. Because I think for a lot of brands, that's always, or for big brands, that's the issue, is, of course, is finding an easy way to transition from this traditional B2B model into a D2C model without, especially without upsetting existing retail relationships. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's uh, actually for most of the big uh, companies, it's an issue. And that's why they actually uh, love to service of HeyConnect. Yeah. Do you, do you see a parallel there with, with the furniture and the home and garden space? Is that, do they face similar issues or? Actually, when you look at the current space, they are a couple of years behind in the e-commerce marketplace development. So most of the brands are not as developed as the fashion brands. They're not selling on marketplaces. They are not that deep into e-commerce than, than furniture fashion brands. So yeah, they, they have a long way to go. And it's really, really exciting to be in this space now where it starts developing. And from my point of view, uh, Zalando is the player uh, which developed the, the whole fashion space. And our goal is to be the player to develop our space. And I wouldn't actually call it the, the furniture and accessories space because we're doing premium. If you take Home 24 or if you, or Home 24, uh, or Otto, there are no direct competition. They do sell stuff we sell as well. But if you look at the customers, assumption is they do have a different customer than we do. You know, a stool at our shop costs like 300, 500 euros, whereas on home 24 costs you like 60 euros. So furniture for me is, a, is always a bit of a, a question mark. Do they, is it then not flat packed? Is it something that's, you know, it's, it's sort of real furniture, so to say. The customer's getting a, a fully assembled table. They're not expected to put it together. That It's maybe arriving on a pallet instead of in a series of, heavy boxes with a with an allen key for them to put it together themselves <laughs> yeah exactly that's actually the case or tables um the the legs 
Um, they're not um, screwed in place, but uh, the rest, you don't have to assemble chairs. You'll get a bigger package and it's all nicely wrapped and stuff. And you don't have to assemble your whole chair. So how does Connox make that attractive for consumers? Will the consumer pay for shipping directly or will the prices be higher because the shipping part of these, I mean, as you said, it might cost 80 euros to ship a package this size. So if I'm buying a 400 euro table and almost a quarter of that is the shipping price, what would incentivize me to buy that on the website instead of, I don't know, going and looking at that brand's brick and mortar store or it's always the same question, right? Mm, uh, why wouldn't I go into a brick and mortar store? Me personally, I love online shopping and I hate going downtown by car, by bus, train, whatever, spending hours in traffic jams and uh, stores. So I'm really, really uh, online shopping guy. And um, yeah, the, the costs of shipping and also returns is actually included in the prices. And it is higher, yeah. And for for the items, we always have to take the shipment costs into our calculation, also the handling costs. That's right. And for some some items, it just doesn't make sense to sell them. Yeah, you can't obviously sell a bank for 150 euros if you pay 80 euros a shipment. I liked how you described Zalando as really defining the fashion industry. It's fine. I mean, you, I think of it from the marketplace perspective as Zalando is a marketplace, but you're absolutely right. It, it redefined the fashion industry in Europe. And I'm interested to see where Connox is going to go in that space. But I'm curious because Zalando recently started expanding. They've opened a toys category. Okay, maybe there's parents of kids who are on there buying clothes for themselves and their family and and maybe it's if you squint there's a bit of a stretch and you can imagine that they might also want to buy toys but for me it felt like a bit of a distraction from their focus uh, and it we don't need another amazon you know are, if, are they going to add a home and garden category next are they going to add an electronics category we've got media marked what's if you had to kind of imagine Five years in the future, Connox has reached this point. The furniture industry is booming online in Germany and you're a go-to for high-end, good quality furniture and, and all these dreams have been realized. Could you imagine expanding it into another category that would be relevant? And, and if so, what would be that category? Actually, we do have this discussion here and there and we want to stay focused. So we will always be a curated marketplace. We will always select the brands that can sell on Connors and we will stay true with our categories. I'm pretty sure about that because I'm 100% with you. Distracting people, adding new categories, just not having this focus just doesn't make sense to me. I'm that guy that really likes to focus on something and do it really good rather than doing everything and being okay-ish. And yeah, therefore, to, to finish uh, this up, where, where I do see us, I do as, see us as a shop. I do see us selling accessories, furniture, premium. So that's it. That's our focus and that's what we are good at. We do have those brand connections and we want to be in the middle of the industry. But w besides doing this, and besides becoming a marketplace, we want to be a service provider in the space as well. So 
what will I do? I will also provide services um, for brands that won't sell on on Cox, but they could sell on Amazon. They could sell on Home24, on whatever, you name it. And we'll be the service provider. We'll be storing your goods. We will have the connections with the, uh, with the marketplaces ready. We will do customer service and so on and so on. And we will do the fulfillment. Okay, so I'm a furniture brand. My average price point isn't five or 800 euros. It's 50 or 80 euros. You won't let me sell my cheaper, air quotes, cheaper products on your marketplace, but you'll let me store them in your warehouse and you will sell them for me on other marketplaces. Right. And Okay. That is that a really... The- Price point, uh, we do sell items for 50 euros. That's not really an issue. But if you want to sell a table for 50 euros on uh, Connox, uh, most probably not going to happen. Don't get me wrong. I think that's a, I think that's an incredible service offering. I think that's a really... And I, and I, I want to find out a little bit more about that. How, before we go into it, because we talked a moment ago about distractions, is that... Or how is how is that not a distraction for Connox? Because that, that's an entirely different business model. It is. It is. But it's a business model based on what we what we are best at. So we know how to handle furniture. We know how to handle uh, accessories. And um, we won't be providing services for fashion brands. But um, if you want to store a chair, a, a table, a lamp, we know how to do it. We know how to pick them and ship them and they won't break. So yeah, the the service itself, it is, you could call it a distraction. We have a service, we'll have a service unit focusing only on providing those services. And um, in the warehouse, uh, you will be stored in the same warehouse we provide our services from. With, for our own uh, items. Interesting. And so then similar to Hey Connect, will you also be a seller of record if that's necessary? Or is it expected that the brand would be the seller? Uh, we're not that far yet. At the moment, um, what we will provide short term is that you'll be the seller. So that's easy to handle legal wise easy model and we'll only be a service provider uh, long term pretty sure we'll also be a merchant of record yeah because i i mean i the biggest opportunity that i would see here is for international expansion obviously for a british or an american brand wanting to sell in the european union for any category there's enough there's a lot of legal hurdles and sometimes if you want to sell on Otto, for example, where you have to have a, a German business entity and a German warehousing and returns address, there's so many hurdles that it's just not an option to sell on Otto. And so that alone is is an option. Um, you know, having having a partner in Europe or in Germany that can help you with those seller of record services in any category is useful. But add into the mix the complexities of handling furniture. That becomes a very interesting offer for non-European furniture brands that would like to, but are not able to take advantage of European marketplaces. Yeah, yeah. Also, my opinion. I mean, I did work in this space for uh, fashion for a long time, and that's uh, that's always something, especially bigger brands, have a problem with. You know, just setting up a business in a different country, running this business, uh, having your own um, 
company over there. It's not something you do in two weeks if you are a major brand in foreign countries. Okay, so so talk to me about what that's going to look like on an operational level. So if I'm a I'm a fashion brand, uh, excuse me, fashion. I'm a furniture brand. We've got to name we've got to name the category different. We can't even switch <laughs> between Morda and Merble because even then it's the same letter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If I'm a furniture brand, let's stick with German furniture brands for now. But we'll do it with the impetus that this might also apply to British or American furniture brands in the future. What do I need to do? I send my, I, I get my products in your warehouse. Then what? How how do they then end up on Amazon, on Kaufland, on Otto? So uh, we do have our own private labels, and we'll be starting selling those private labels on Amazon, Otto, and so on in a couple of months. And you'll be using as a brand, and you want to work with us, and you want to sell on. Let's let's stick with Amazon. You want to sell on Amazon, you'll be using the same systems, the same IT integrations. We will not own the stock that's in our warehouse and uh, we will do all the services. So actually you'll be using our systems, but you won't be needing anybody to, to handle the systems, but you'll only be existing in those systems. And yeah, it's going to be a full service package. So who's responsible for, for example, creating the product data for the marketplaces? Will your team take over? Will take that over? Yes and no. We'll always need the basic data. And then if, as a brand, you're able to provide enhanced data, um, please do so. But uh, we do create um, this data in our systems now already. And we do have our people, we have our processes. Uh, so we are actually able to create this information and uh, insert it into our systems and push it to marketplaces. And uh, that will be a service that's available to, to our partners as well. Yeah. So the first thing that comes to mind when, when you mentioned the private label element of so your own Conox branded products is, oh dear, it's another Amazon. They're selling their own products next to mine. They're competing with me. How would you respond to a brand that had that concern if they've got a product which is competing with something that you guys also promote and produce maybe it's a similar design or a similar um, use case do you have any measures in place to ensure that your marketplace is also fair to your brand partners who are selling on there to make sure that you're not overly promoting your own products in front of theirs the the difference on uh, connox we are talking our marketplace now right yes yep sorry not not selling on marketplaces that would also be a, a, another topic so um on Conox, it's um, it's really different with brands. So in the normal furniture, accessories um, categories, they are not as brand-driven as fashion, for example. So most people don't know what brand their table is from. So if, if it's not IKEA, um, you pretty much have no idea what brand your table is. With premium, it's totally different. We do sell a lot of brands, or actually most of our brands are well-known brands in the space. They are exclusive brands, and they, yeah, they, they have brand names actually. So, and that's pretty much the big difference. Since we are created, and we we won't expand our um, brand portfolio a lot with by becoming a marketplace. We are, we'll rather um, add additional items for brands we already work with. 
So um, the um, the long tail items brands can afford those on uh, Conox in the future, and um, therefore we don't really have this issue with uh, us uh, selling the same product but cheaper. It's not really a big thing on Conox. And what about on the other marketplaces? Is it do you see it as an issue if you're promoting two products? For two of your customers, which are which are similar, I mean, this is something that you've obviously solved with HeyConnect when you're selling multiple brands. When you're wearing that agency hat, how do you prevent your brands from competing with each other, or how do you sort of they do. deal with that conflict? In the end, they do, but they also compete with all the other brands on the marketplace. So, yeah. That's not something we can exclude. I guess the benefit, of course, is that you that you have the same advantages as your competitor in that sense. They're not, you know, if they're performing well on marketplaces, you are too. Exactly. And uh, marketplaces are usually big enough. And if it's uh, 2,000 uh, chairs or 2,002, it really doesn't make a big difference. Mm. Okay. So when I think furniture and marketplaces together outside of uh, Wayfair and Home24, another name that springs to mind is Made.com. And obviously, we, we all saw what happened there. What steps are you taking to avoid following suit? You mean uh, Made.com? We are fully aware of our P&L. That helps a lot. <laughs> we don't overextend. Um, and uh, we have a good market standing. We have our investor, which is uh, obviously our backbone. And I think right now, we are not risk like made.com was. And they really, in the end, they really needed money. They needed someone to buy them, didn't find anyone. And uh, we are not at this stage right now, not at all. Mm. Yeah, I think I, th- I think with them, it was also the issue with, with the simply putting too much in inventory and not being able to keep up with the demand that was that was coming with all of the supply chain issues, which hopefully, have, let's fingers crossed, but hopefully that was a, a one-time occurrence in, in the next few years, and it's something that, that hopefully won't happen again. But it is obviously an elephant in the room that, that needs to be dealt with. But I think, if nothing else, we can always learn from those mistakes and learn from what's happened there. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. So we also looked deeply into this and um, what happened to them. I mean, the supply chain issue, it's still there. It's not as severe as it was in the past, but it's still there. Times are longer than um, two years ago, definitely. In terms of delivery times, what's... Are there any standards within the furniture industry that, which are maybe different to the to other marketplace categories? I can imagine, obviously, with all of the logistics issues involved with that, that maybe consumer expectations are different. But that being said, if I'm an Amazon shopper and I'm used to getting everything same day or next day, from a consumer perspective, it can be hard to differentiate that whether I'm buying a, a pair of shoelaces or a new table for 2000 euros where do you where do you see that in the space what's what are the expectations there uh, totally different uh, also something i uh, i had to learn when i started in this new category uh, especially with fashion everything is available and um, as a shop marketplace you wouldn't even show stuff that's not av- available right now or will be available within the next couple of days. With furniture especially, you do have delivery times uh, up to several months. And that's uh, very common. One of our 
big advantages as Connox is we have this huge new warehouse that's not even two years old and it's full of stocks and um, we are ready to deliver so um, we most like more than two-thirds of our um, of our orders are for items that are on stock actually and that's very unique for the the whole industry um, looking at our competitors um, direct competitors they don't have those uh, they don't have a warehouse uh, full of items but um, they have those uh, long delivery times and um, especially with the current situation at the in the, with the supply chain um, what you show as a most probable delivery date it's seldom true because there are still a lot of, lot of issues uh, within the supply chain. And um, that's why we really stock our warehouse. Um. Yeah, that makes sense. An advantage of being a niche marketplace is that you have a lot of opportunity to go granular on your category. Obviously, if you're building another Amazon, it can be quite hard to build a category tree that doesn't have 400 layers. But when you're building a marketplace that's now specific to an industry, you have a unique opportunity to build filters, for example, that will really allow a consumer to find exactly what they're looking for. And for those brands that do take the time to really enrich their product data, and they really do have a lot of detailed granular information about their items, they've got a field in their ERP system, which specifies which direction the grain of wood goes on the table legs, or what type of wood it's made out of. These are all things which, you know, they might not be able to advertise on more generalist marketplaces like Amazon. Are there any specific things like that, which Connox has got in mind for helping brands to really enhance their listings, whether it's by way of extra attributes or additional customization, like different tabletop materials or different materials for cushions or additional advertising options? How can they set themselves apart when they're selling on your marketplace? The furniture industry is very different in that aspect. If you look at certain um, items, they have thousands of configurations. And that's it's really interesting and uh, also really challenging. You could um, produce a chair with 20 different um, materials. Um, you can have 10 different kinds of wood. You could do it with um, stainless steel. You could do it with wood. You could do a lot of stuff. So um, you do have items with uh, thousands of configurations and we are not there yet, but for um, some items um, we do have within the group, we do have those configurators to create your custom uh, item. And that's something for the future. We will at least for B2B business provide. You have to differentiate between uh, doing B2C and B2B business Especially in B2B business, um, there are all those requests for very, very specific items. If you look at those items with thousands of configurations, uh, you want this special configuration. And that's something you just don't get in the market at all. And we have those brand relations and we have this um, buying power. And um, that's something we'll add in the future. Um, enabling our um, B2B customers, uh, talking about architects, talking about um, designers that want to furniture um, an apartment, uh, a house, 
or one of their customers. They can buy from our assortment, but they can also buy things or configurations that are not within our assortment, but within our range. So when you say B2B, so you're enabling, for example, a design company to come and buy a thousand items that they can then have in their catalog, which they would then show to people that are wanting to have interior design by this by this company, as well as B2C being for one person in Hamburg that needs to buy a new set of chairs for their dining room. Yeah, um, what we do is we offer companies the option to to buy from us, but not to sell to to B two C customers, but um, for their projects. Mm, As okay. I said, if you want to furniture twenty apartments for a customer of yours, and you need um, forty beds, forty uh, twenty sofas, uh, hundred something chairs, and so on, um, you can create baskets with us and. Um, uh, buy those those items at at our store, and this but is it's a pure B two B business. So B two B marketplaces is a space which is rapidly evolving. There's a lot of interesting new B two B marketplaces coming out, and this is an, an area that traditionally B two C businesses are looking at as a way of you know instead of selling one skipping rope to one consumer, can I sell ten thousand to a local gym chain? You know, can I send, sell a thousand skipping ropes to McFit that they can have across their different local gyms is this something that you could imagine now let's obviously we, we need to think about how long it's going to take to actually produce a product but let's say you've got a hotel chain in germany that wants to buy a series of beds in a particular configuration based on a design that they've seen on the connox marketplace from one of your brand partners are you saying that you would be able to take all of the various materials and compositions that this brand could theoretically provide this bed in allow the hotel to configure this and order 40 or 400 of these beds and that order will come through to this b2c brand who maybe is used to only selling one bed but technically would be able to sell 400 they had a long enough lead time what we do um, within the uh, Connox Design family, within the Connox Design family, we have three companies. Connox, Yente Direct, um, they are um, rather luxury uh, furniture, and Flinders from Netherlands. And um, especially Ambiente Direct and um, Flinders, they do a project business. So they actually talk to hotels about exactly this. So a hotel wants to furniture 40 of their apartments with beds, stools, um, chairs, tables, and so on and so on. Um, they would um, consult them and um, create uh, rooms with them, and um, we provide the items. Yeah, That's what we already do. And um, that's something we will... Um, emphasize into further um, so we will be providing um, dedicated shops for as i said um, architects that do project business um, we will um, provide dedicated uh, shopping experiences for those architects um, to to select the items they want in the interesting so zelando is obviously available in I think 18, 19 countries at the time of recording. Do you see Connox becoming an international player or is it something that will stay in Germany? 
I think, seven countries right now. If you, if you include Flinders, even more. So uh, we are already selling in several countries. Is the marketplace um, available in those countries as well, though? Or will it be available in those countries? At first, not. Because they're smaller, a lot smaller than uh, Germany. We're from Germany. We grew up here. And most of our traffic comes from Germany. And um, running marketplaces, uh, you need some volume in those countries. So at first, we will start in Germany. Um, there are one or two countries that are very big as well. Um, and there, we'll add marketplace second. But it's good that, that it's going to happen at some point because I think that's going to be, a, again, if somebody's wanting to use this as an opportunity to really expand their furniture brand into the European Union on the whole, then I think the more markets which are available through the one connection would obviously make it more appealing. Yeah, but, but in this case, uh, you should rather go with our marketplace service. So not sell on our marketplace, but um, you could also use our service and be selling on bold.com, be selling on Allegro, um, Amazon in, I don't know, 12 countries. On. So that's something we'll provide short term and which, which gives you a lot more exposure in the market. Are you able to share any, because you mentioned that the, the margins in this industry are or can be quite tight. Are you able to share anything about the what the what these services cost? If I'm a furniture brand, what is this actually going to cost me? How much of the margin am I going to have to give up to take advantage of these services to sell on all of these different marketplaces? Not a not a definite number yet, and it really always depends on the service uh, you are actually booking and how much revenue you do with us. Um, but it will be something around 10%. That's actually what you need to run this kind of business. But when we talk about this, that that's definitely not short-term. Building this as well takes some time. And um, yeah, I, I think like two minutes ago, I said <laughs> it will be available short-term. Now, I mean, uh, looking at different short-terms here, if we talk about the next three months, we won't be selling your goods on marketplaces as a service. If we're talking about 12 months, which is kind of short term as well, it's definitely going to happen. At first, we will start selling our items on marketplaces. And we're currently looking into options to do this and to sell our private label brands on marketplaces. And I mean, that's going to be the model we use for, on, uh, for, for other brands' sales in the future. I'm excited to see where it's going to take you. I think you're absolutely right that there's a there's a lot of money being left on the table there for furniture brands that just haven't been able to tackle marketplaces. Looking beyond furniture, you've been in the marketplace space for a long time. Where do you see it going in the next few years? Are you spotting any trends that you think are worth watching? Are you seeing any opportunities that you think sellers should be outside of the furniture space now that you think sellers should be paying attention to or taking advantage of? Outside of the furniture space, mm -hmm. where the marketplace space in itself moves. Definitely relevant will be marketplace shipping options like FBA, Fulfillment by Ball, and so on and so on. That's something you'll need for smaller items, for cheaper items. It doesn't make sense to, to deliver your tables to to some other warehouse to ship it to the customer because those baskets are usually um, smaller. So um, if you um, order a table, maybe it comes with some chairs, but that's 
pretty much it. So you won't, you won't, most people won't order a table, a chair, a wardrobe, and so on and so on. So you won't have baskets of um, many, many items. And those combining deliveries from one warehouse isn't as big as um, for... For, with fashion, you have a basket of five items, and if you deliver from where, one warehouse, you split the shipping costs between those five items, and also the return to costs. And this is something that's not as huge within the furniture um, space. And for cheaper items and items that are in bigger baskets, that's going to be the thing to use FBA and so on. And I think also marketplaces like Otto, they need to provide this kind of service. How would you manage that though? If you're a brand and you've got, you know, you need to obviously have your own inventory. Are you now saying that this brand should have some inventory with Amazon, some inventory with Boll, some with Otto, some with C-Discount, some with Zalando? I mean, on top of needing a very good way of managing that inventory in terms of knowing where your products actually are, if you've got a thousand products, do you now need to have the same size inventory or you know the the a proportional size of your in- inventory in each of these marketplaces own warehouses not to mention the fees and everything else that comes on top of it is it really going to add that much value for a for selling on these channels if you're big enough it makes sense yeah i think so but to do this to to use five different warehouses to manage those you'll need software you'll need people just for the management of the deliveries and inventories for those warehouses what is big enough at what point should uh, a business consider that can't really tell it really depends on the value of your item the advantages you have from uh, using the marketplace um, warehouses and you'd have to give me an hour to do some calculations it, it can't do it right now no it feels it feels for me like a, a bit of a chicken and egg situation because a big brand might not be very big on marketplaces and unless that brand is prepared to really invest in the marketplace arm of their business it can be a very hard decision for them to say let's go and put a million 10 million euros worth of stock in all these different marketplace owned warehouses on the hope that this marketplace business is actually going to take off it's a lot easier to justify if you've already got a well-performing marketplace business yeah i mean if you're a big brand a well-known brand um most probably you're already selling on those marketplaces if if it's not you, um, it's either wholesale or someone else is selling your items. So that that's going to be the case anyway. So um, it would be possible to get those numbers or at least have an idea of uh, sales. And uh, if you if you take your top twenty items and each of them does a thousand sales per month on on specific marketplaces. And you know that uh, you got those numbers already. And um, why should it make a difference if uh, if seller A is selling them or if you are selling them? And if you gain two euros on every shipment of those items, why wouldn't you ship uh, a quantity of uh, one month sales to this marketplace? So uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, we are at 40,000 euros. You'd actually uh, save in one month, uh, and uh, but you'd, be, you'd have to be really big. So th- that's what I said. Uh, you need to be big because um, to manage just this one marketplace um, uh, warehouse, uh, you'd need like, I don't know, four hours, eight hours per week 
people hours and uh, management and um, it really needs to be worth it. Yeah, the other risk, of course, comes in with, uh, I think the biggest concern a lot of brands will have, especially if it's seasonal products, will just be the overstock element. You know, you don't want to, it's one thing looking at marketplaces as a way of getting out of line and end of stock products sold. But when you then start talking about having multiple inventories, that's where it becomes very risky. Yeah, yeah. It's really complex, tricky, and uh, you need dedicated people or service providers to handle this, definitely. And it's uh, far away from easy. Yeah. But I mean, if you want to do do real marketplace business, and if you want to use those marketplaces for your gains that's how you do it fantastic okay Tobias let's uh, let's call it a day I think we've covered a lot here and I'm, I'm really excited to do this again in the future especially as we get closer to the launch of the Connox marketplace I think it's that's going to be really interesting to get that integrated with eChameleon help some of our furniture sellers look at it as an opportunity to expand their own business beyond Amazon because I know that as I said before that there's a limited number of options for furniture sellers so I'm excited to see what you guys are building yeah Thanks. Uh, has been really nice. Thank you. Thanks again for taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode of Marketplace Jungle. Whether or not you're active in the furniture space, I hope you found it as interesting as I did to hear what Tobias and the team at Connox are building. If you're interested in learning more about the Connox Marketplace or would like an introduction to Tobias, feel free to reach out to me directly on LinkedIn. Once again, I'm Jesse Rag from eChameleon, and this has been Marketplace Jungle. I'll see you next time.